podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for our Thursday episode. Thursdays means one thing. It means picks. We are making picks for all the Big 12 games and a few extra like we do every single Thursday here on the show. Joining me as they do, my good friends, Chris Ross. Yeah, good to be back. It was a good week last week, back in the wind column. Yeah, yeah. You sound you sound nice, sir. You got a new mic there. Yeah, you new so mic. Professional back on the, and clean. I'd been using the the laptop back on the office computer with the mic and everything. So hopefully, hopefully the audio is a bit better. Very nice, very nice. And of course, our pro picker Daniel Alexander. Great to be here. Uh, winning week last week. You know, I, I beat you two guys. I showed you what it means to be a a true handicapper. Uh, <laughs> How many weeks? Just kidding. Been- how many weeks have you been waiting to say that? We uh, just, it feels like months. I mean, I guess literally since last year, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Hey, great to be here. Let me enjoy it. Let me just enjoy the view from the mountaintop for a week. B- bathe in it, bask in it, yeah. roll around in it like a pig in shit. You know, just enjoy <laughs> it. You really do. Uh, of course, we have five games to pick this week, three Big 12 games. It's a, it's a light week. And of course, our non-Big 12 and our dog of the week. And we will recap all of our picks from last week as well. Uh, but before we get to that, I've got a little something for you all, since it's a light picks week. Uh, our good friend Parker Fleming, uh, Mr. Stats War on Twitter, and uh, the host or co-host of the uh, Purple Theory podcast, as well as Gerald Goodridge, one half of the Longhorn Republic podcast, and myself all kind of teamed up to... Uh, to do a little something special. We, we had this idea. It was born out of Twitter um, and out of a tweet from Gerald, and I'll kind of explain that. But we're going to do a college football stats for dummies. How do you how do you look at old stats that people talk about? You know, because <laughs> total yards means nothing, folks, if you haven't figured that out yet. So does total defense. Um, so what are some of the modern day stats that we talk about? What do they mean? How do you apply them? And, and what are some really good resources to use to 
to know what to, to find. How do you use those stats? Like it's, it's, there's so much in college football anymore that you see on Twitter and social media. There's so many opinions. How do you make the right judgment about your team and whether they're good or not outside of just wins and losses? So, uh, we're going to get to that interview and then we'll get to our picks afterwards here. Just, uh, just a second. Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long with exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. All right, so this idea was born on Twitter, like so many great things are, you know, just because people decided to start tweeting about things, uh, by, in part, one of the people that I have here with me, uh, Gerald Goodridge, one half of the Longhorn Republic podcast. Gerald, welcome, sir. Glad to glad to be back. I'm glad something I said on Twitter uh, got me an invite back. I was worried I had ruined uh, our time together now that Texas is leaving the Big 12, so I'm glad that we're we're reunited and it feels so good. I mean, I, I will never blame you for the Longhorns' uh, exodus to the SEC, um, but I, I will, I will, you know, talk crap about you once you're there because that's how this is supposed to work. Uh, but Gerald pitched the idea of, you know, what we really need is is a, is some some CFB stats for dummies because nowadays there are so many stats that we're trying to parse through on Twitter and talked about on ESPN and by, you know color analysts who I don't think know any more about the CFB stats that they're talking about than I do. At least that's how it seems. And so we needed somebody smarter than both Gerald and myself to kind of help explain some of this stuff to us. So we, we went to the man known as Stats War on Twitter, because I said it was born on Twitter. Uh, Mr. Parker Fleming himself uh, also hosted the Purple Theory podcast and the Purple Theory newsletter. Parker, welcome back, man. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. I'm glad that you guys needed something for dummies and came to one of the internet's uh foremost dummies uh, uh me and uh and talking about some of this stuff so i mean when you say the word dummy i don't actually have a punchline for that it just it sounded like it was going to go somewhere and it didn't um <laughs> so everybody is fully aware uh we when when planning's little um menage a trois 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 no no nope, unsubscribe uh, me from that <laughs> uh we're all, we're all made it just get weird real fast Hey, welcome to it. Uh, so what, we, what we're what we going to do is we're going to record this, the three of us, and then uh, split it out onto each of our podcasts. Gerald, as I mentioned, Lancome Republic, uh, myself, the Tintoil Podcast, and Parker, as I mentioned, Purple Theory. So we all kind of have some some content because this felt like something that would benefit all audiences um, since it's not specific to a team or a conference in any way. And it's just something we think would be good for all college football fans. So we're going to put it on all the podcasts. Um, so whichever one you're listening to and hearing this on, uh, awesome. Welcome. Check out everybody else's show and uh, and share this just so we can kind of spread the good news of college football stats amongst all college football fans, especially that one friend I know you have who's like total yards and points, um, which leads us into the where we're going to start with this little conversation. Ironically, someone tried to argue with me about Iowa State's offense today, uh, that it's good because they put up a certain number of yards against Iowa and Baylor and Northern Iowa and insert, 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 insert. And um, I almost blocked the guy because please don't come at me with your total yard stats. But Parker, there's there's so many stats that are referenced um, 
in, in when it comes to college football across all sorts of things, including, like I said, on ESPN sometimes, which is really just like, you guys are supposed to be better than this, that, I mean, really are outdated and irrelevant. So just to kind of kick things off, what are the stats that you feel that people try and use as, as, as a reference point or to make a point that really don't matter anymore in college football? Yes. So one, I, I never miss an opportunity to plug that the best way to watch college football is to mute the announcers and uh, listen to music in the background um, because you just get a lot of stuff that may or may not be nonsense and you never know. Um, a lot of people like to look at things like yards per game, and that's that's a good thought, right? You want to look at rate stats generally, but even yards per game can be very confusing because it's not like baseball, right? Baseball has a finite number of outs and a finite number of innings. And so you can kind of pace things a lot more easily than you can in football. Um, my favorite example of why total yards and, and yards per game, which are two very often used stats. Um, I think I saw on, on Monday night football last night, they had one of those ridiculous animation graphics and they were looking at quarterback yards per game and ranking them. Um, last year, bowl game, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Wisconsin won 42 to 28 total yards. 515 for Wake Forest, 266 for Wisconsin. Uh, Wake, Wake Forest, 407 passing yards to Wisconsin's 144. If you didn't know the final score already, you would think that Wake Forest just absolutely dropped the hammer on Wisconsin. But the issue is um, Wake Forest had four turnovers. They just very much gave Wisconsin the ball in their own territory and said, no, it'd be okay if you scored here. And so total yards can really obscure a lot of what happens in a game because of um, uh, corner solutions, right? So a corner solution is let me, let me take it to the extreme and see if I can break it. Right. And so that wake forest, Wisconsin game is a perfect example of yards per, um, yards per game being a really, really flawed metric, because what if you go 90 yards every drive and then you fumble it on the one, um, that's going to, that's not going to be informative as to the outcome of the game and, and probably not going to capture the whole picture of what's going on with uh, the stats there. So we have to think about what is the, what is the unit, right? Baseball has discrete units. What is football's discrete unit? And so that's things like per drive stats, per play stats are, are, are better. Um, but then there's even issues there because uh, not all plays are created equal, right? And that's kind of the principle of sports analytics generally and football analytics is not, not everything's created equally. And we have to compare apples to apples. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, which time conundrum, right? Where I'll never, I was listening to, I don't know who it was, but they were talking about this team wins when they run the ball X number of times. And I'm like, but, but like you're running out the ball in the fourth quarter. I'm going to hand my running back the ball like 17 more times in the fourth quarter to try to kill this thing. So like, I think there's, there's that part when you're just simply counting things. I think it's, it's takes into account or doesn't take into account the nuance of what the game is and, and the ability of football games to be kind of this living, breathing thing. And I think that's why I've kind of gravitated towards, towards the things that Parker talked about. Yes. And, and that brings up something I've thought about a lot, especially for the team like Iowa this year, that's, I was breaking my brain this year because they're just like super short fields when they score, but they get short fields all the time. And it's just uh, like, you think, Hey, turnovers are kind of random, but also Iowa is kind of proving that they're not. Um, generally, uh, yeah, generally we're really, really bad at like spacing out cause and effect through time. And that's kind of what you have to do in a football game is say like, Hey, the aggregate statistics, a lot of times can mask kind of temporal variation 
which is a really nerdy way to say differences in time. So a good example, I think y'all probably saw uh, Iowa State Baylor last two weeks ago. Baylor basically uh, three drives at the beginning did pretty well, had a short field, and then uh, a weird like fumble that should have been a turnover. They caught it and then they ran into the end zone. Um, just dug a hole. And then Iowa state absolutely beat the ever loving heck out of them for the next nine drives, but they had dug such a big hole and then there's some special teams. And so if you're looking at evaluating Baylor's offense, well, if you look at their aggregate stats, you're like, well, their success rate was pretty good. But then if you start to break that out by time, you like, like, well, no, their success rate was really good for three drives. And then for the other nine drives, it was abysmal. And so kind of spacing things out like that is kind of interesting, um, uh, too. And, and thinking about garbage time specifically, one of the things we don't have a good understanding of in college football is just how different the talent levels are and how different the styles are. And so not only is it, Hey, the reason that you're rushing more when you're winning more is because you're up. And so you're running out the clock. It's also because there are cases in college football where a team is just better physically than another team and they can just line up and run. That doesn't mean that passing or that running is optimal. That doesn't mean that running's normative, but it's kind of the Nick Saban thing. I don't care how Alabama moves the ball. When you're obviously more talented than anyone else, you can do whatever the hell you want. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> and so we're talking about optimizing. We have to remember to think marginally, right? We want to think about a team who does not have an obvious talent advantage. Um, what are they going to do to maximize their talent? And then what might be the cases where other teams would not do that? And, and why might that be a good or bad thing? So, you know, from, from that standpoint, there's a lot of different stats that get talked about. Um, some I think I understand. Some I don't entirely understand. And I think in some cases, it's not a lack of understanding. It's, an, it's an, a lack of ability to apply them to understanding if my team is good or bad. And, and explaining what that, – that's because that's always the thing. Let's, college football fans, at the end of the day, we just want to know, is our team good? Like I see that we're – you know, five and zero, oh, or four and one, or three and two, and so that that that's supposed to tell me if I'm good or not. But sometimes even the win loss record doesn't tell us if a team is actually good or bad, uh, because crazy things happen. Iowa State, I think, is a good team. They just have really shitty special teams, and so now they're <laughs> two and two, um, or three and two. I don't. Know, it doesn't really matter. They're not winning the Big Twelve. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, so not with that attitude, they're not. <laughs> Not with that special teams. Um, so the, the the two in particular that, that both Gerald and I really wanted to talk about are EPA, which I know is one that's pretty near and dear to your heart uh, with CFBGraphs.com, and uh, success rate. So let's start with, with EPA. Explain what EPA is and kind of how to use it if you are a college football fan and why it matters. EPA is a solution to a problem and success rate are solutions to problems that you didn't know existed until you thought about it for a second. So on first and 10, if you get three yards, that's bad. You're facing second and seven, you're behind the sticks. That's, that's, that, that did not uh, help your team out uh, very much. On third and three, three yards is really, really good, right? You're like, hey, we got a new set of downs. That's awesome. And so the problem with something like yards per play, for instance, which is a per play metric, and again, rate stats are better than aggregate stats, um, is that you're, you're really not comparing like situations. And you're saying, I want to know your average on two situations where you're not even trying to maximize your yards, right? So on first and 10, maybe you're only aiming for, you know, seven yards or, or you want to run and get like, let's get a little chunk play. But on third and three, you're not designing a play to get 25 yards. You're designing a play to get three yards most of the time. And so if we look at the average, that's going to be weighed down by situations. So 
all EPA does is translate yards to points in context by saying, let's consider the down, the distance, the yard line on the field, and the game state. You know, are you, are you up? Big? Does it really matter? Um, is it a close game? Does do, th those are going to matter a little bit more? Is it a neutral script? And we're just going to translate and get a point value for every play. Um, and so what that does is that tells me how um, how much on average you're improving your game state every time you run the ball. So I say, hey, you ran the ball. Question you just asked, is that good? Well, yards per play on average is going to say like, okay, on average you're getting X amount of yards, but I don't know. I mean, if you're averaging six yards and you're rushing it on first and 15, that might be bad. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of context. I don't know, but EPA, I can look right now and go to the top rushing EPA offense in the nation right now, which is um, UCF. This isn't adjusted for opponent. That's okay. 0 0.293. Every time UCF runs the ball, they're increasing their value, their expected value by almost a third of a point, right? That, that, that gives me a tangible way to say this is good. And so EPA is kind of like a weighted on, on base average in baseball that tells you um, how often are you improving your game state and then by how much. It kind of gives you this magnitude and this weighted uh, success rate, right? So success rate is just, is EPA greater than zero? Shout out to Bill Conley, who kind of came up with this. 50% of, of yards on first down is a success. 70% of yards on second down is a success. And 100% of yards on third and fourth down is a success. Those correlate very strongly to EPA greater than zero um, on, on average. And so all the success rate is just saying, how often are you staying on schedule? Um, and, and so those two things are really nice because football is efficiency and explosiveness. And so with success rate, you can judge efficiency really well. Who's the most successful team at moving the ball? How, uh, how often are they moving the ball consistently? And then EPA kind of wraps that into explosiveness. So if your success rate is high and your EPA is high, you're really, really efficient, but you may not be as explosive. Whereas if your success rate is low and your EPA is high, that means, hey, you're, you're popping off big plays, but you're not moving the ball consistently. So we can learn a lot from kind of comparing those two stats. So I think something that, that I, one of the reasons why I put this tweet out there was I was looking at CFB graphs, honestly, uh, and there's a team like Iowa State, right, who's number 11, I think, in the, in the rankings based on, I, I believe it's EPA per play, right? But they're two and two, and they're ahead of teams that are undefeated. So so is, is that, like, can you unpack that for me a little bit? And that's like a terrible press conference question that I hate asking. <laughs> but like, I don't even know where to start with that. Like, how do I even wrap my brain around Iowa State being two and two, but number 11, as it comes to this, you know, this EPA rate that we're looking at. Yeah. Talk about, um, yeah, so, so Iowa state's a really good example. And I come back to that Baylor game, for instance. And so you, you think about how many plays that they have run, um, uh, generally. So Iowa state, let's just put some flesh and bone here. I'm pulling this up. They are, um, they're 13th in EPA per play on offense. They're 30th in the rush, 23rd in the pass, 19th on EPA per play in defense, 24th against the rush, 22nd against the pass. Um, and so for me, I start out and say, you're right, there is an asymmetry. And that's what's really cool about these numbers is they give you a way to say, hey, this is weird. Where should I start looking? And so immediately we think about, um, okay, they've been really efficient. What's been the problem with Iowa State? Well, very easily we can go and look and, and look at this site and I can say, okay, maybe they've just popped off like a, a few really, really big plays. So for instance, again, we go to corner solutions, we try to break things. Maybe it's the case that Iowa State only scored 
when it's like fourth and 15 from their own one and they have a 99 yard run, like something that's huge EPA and that's just completely skewing it. So that's where I'd go to success rate, right? And say, okay, how efficient are you consistently? Well, on offense, they're 44th and on defense, they're 27th. So then I see, okay, in EPA, 13th on offense, success rate 44th. That tells me high EPA, middling success rate, right? I mean, still pretty good, 44th out of 130 teams, but that's saying, okay, they're not super consistent in moving the ball, but they popped off a couple big plays that are inflating their EPA because they are explosive. Um, same thing on defense. Their defense is 19th. Their success rate's a little worse. They're, they're, they're stopping big plays generally, but they're kind of letting people move the ball consistently. And again, football is a game of opportunity. If you let people move the ball consistently, they're going to break off a big play. They're going to score a touchdown or they're going to run out of yards. Um, the second thing to look at is then, okay, maybe they are really, really, um, maybe they're just like super efficient, but they're getting the ball at their own one and they're letting opponents get the ball at their, their 40. Right. And so that would be another reason to think that's weird. Iowa state bears that out. Iowa state starting field position, their own 27 yard line, which is 87th in the nation. They're allowing opponents to start on their own 35, which is shoot. Uh, 125th in the nation. So boom, right there, I can answer that. Hey, why is Iowa State two and two, even though their EPA is really good? Well, they've been explosive, but they haven't been consistent enough. And they've had some special teams mishaps that have really given teams good field position. And that's kind of um, put them in a, put them in a spot they couldn't recover from. That's like an applied analysis right there, but I hope that kind of puts some flesh and bones. I'm like, it, it's a rabbit trail, right? And you, you put things to paper and you say, all right, we have these numbers. Now I have to chase down what they mean. Leading to that, you just you, you just listed a, a number of interesting stats, and we've we've mentioned CFPGraphs.com or CFP-graphs.com, um, um, which is your site. It lists EPA. It's been really enjoyed. It's really effective. Um, but it's we have you have your site um, on ESPN. We have both FPI and Bill Connolly's S and P Plus. Uh, we have Sager and ratings. Uh, we've got people on Twitter who I like. Um, Nate Manzo does a good job. Kelly Ford does a really good job with his ratings. Like there's so many different places. You can just go to NCAA stats if you want to get <laughs> some things and and you know all sorts of just regular stats. There's so many different places to go for things that. I mean, I, I don't want to tell you one. I don't want to ask you to be like, please tell us who's good and who's not. But like, how do you parse through all of that? What's what's the most or what have you found to be the best resources as far as trying to say, OK, I can't have 30 tabs up all the time and spend a whole Sunday morning trying to figure out what what makes sense and what does it. Where are just a good place? Well, you know what? <laughs> Some of us have, you know, Gerald, I know you have kids, so I don't multiple. <laughs> like, I was. What, what, uh... I was joking the other day with uh, with a uh, string with Prop Joe says the uh, the Aggie guy that we need a bumper sticker. I don't know. This is like an evangelical '90s thing, but it said there was this bumper sticker that said, "God said it. I believes it. I believe it. That settles it." And I'm joking that that I just want a Twitter a bumper sticker that says, "That's a word tweeted. It. I believe it. That settles it." Um, <laughs> there, there is so many numbers out there that you could just do anything with, and and I think I will say that there is kind of a sentiment of like, "Oh, just anybody can do numbers." Um, yeah, that's awesome. Like access to the data should not be the thing that stops people from doing analysis. And we're in this really weird transition time where, um, through the effort of a couple of guys, um, the, uh, the, the play by play data is super accessible now. And so that's great. People should be doing things, but then we also have to move to the next problem of, okay, what's good and what's not. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, always be the, the way to one, the way to say, is this good or not is, 
if this is super contrary to my priors, uh, to the thing that I believe, I need to be able to justify it another way, right? Like if I go out and tell you, actually, UMass is number one in my ranking. I saw um, somebody the other day tweeted that TCU's offensive line was the best in the nation. I was like, nope. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, can't, can't verify that any other way. That's not right. You're doing um, and so that's not to like be a jerk and dunk on people, although I'll have a beer and be a jerk and dunk on people who are being dumb. But generally what you want to do is, is say, uh, what might this tell me? If this is different from my priors, why might that be, right? It's it, the, the best way to get a right answer is to get a wrong answer. So if someone's doing something consistently and, and saying, um, hey, here's what my numbers say, this is, this is confusing, or, or I'm, I'm not sure if I believe this or whatever, like that, that, that's, that's, one, how to know if, if, you know, Twitter people are doing a good job. Two, in terms of the, the major metrics, um, I think that uh, SP plus is uh, biased towards efficiency, which isn't a problem. Bias is like a statistical term. It's not like they're wrong. Just saying Bill's stuff is biased towards, uh, you know, the per, the per play stuff. Brian's stuff, the FEI, is biased towards the per drive stuff. Sagarin really only cares about margin of victory. They do some more stuff or like SRS for, for um, sports reference. And then uh, FPI I have my qualms with. I don't think they, they do an, an amazing job. And I also think that if you're the worldwide leader, you should um, do a little more convincing and a little less knee breaking uh, when you're talking about your stats on, on Twitter. So um, I, I think generally I, I SP plus, I like, FEI. I don't post any of my opponent adjusted stats because I provide betting picks and those are valuable. And I don't want <laughs> uh, people or Vegas one to get those for free or to adjust the lines based on it. Uh, um, but, but, but generally uh, the EPA stuff is really good. You again, have to, I, I, you have to account for opponent adjustment there, but it just kind of says like, think about when you want someone to tell you that a team is good or bad, you kind of have to have a mental model of like, what is good or bad? And so if you think good is per play efficiency, boom, SP plus is the metric you want to look at. If you think good is how good are you at um, drive-based results, right? Points per drive, that's, that's FEI. Um, if you want to kind of mix of explosiveness and efficiency, hey, I want to look at just EPA. Uh, and, and so it really, it really there, there are so many people who do good work out here. I'm uh, beta rank, Rob, Rob Bowron, I want to say too, does, does really good drive-based stuff. Um, and, and so generally, if you're looking for a metric that's going to tell you who's good, you have to do a little work to say what is good and then say what question are, are each of these metrics answering because there is no definitive, these are the best teams in college football, right? That's a subjective question. Everyone who's approaching it has a model. They have biases. They have assumptions. They have limitations. You can know those and be aware of those. Except for, you know, Alabama, which we just look at and go, that team's good. <laughs> well, that's led a whole nother thing. I could go on a rant about like, draft picks as a way to measure development and like it's it's so funny because all these metrics are always like utah is the best team at developing i'm like no no they're not that's just because they draft linemen and have a good strength and conditioning program alabama is the best team at developing talent because alabama attracts the best talent and then they go on to be the best talent uh that's another it's a whole other thing <laughs> i think i think for me the the question i always have is is balancing the the statistics and, and the the analysis with what i'm watching on the field and i that's the, 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 the thing that I'm trying to, to parse through as we, it's like, how do we balance? Like, okay, I see this team, right? I feel like Alabama, I see this team and they've just run through college football year after year after year, but they're not necessarily, and I can't say this with a straight face, like they had the most efficient offense in the country for a couple of years running, but 
how do we balance like the, the, the what I'm watching and, and what I know about football anecdotally from playing and watching and, and all of that with what the, the statistics and the analysis is telling me? That as well is a subjective question and really comes down to kind of your approach to football. I will say that that, that that comes back to kind of this question of what are advanced statistics for? And advanced statistics are a nice reference point to check our biases from only having a limited capacity to watch games, right? Like you, I don't care who's saying what, I don't care. I write a national review thing every Monday morning. I can't, I can't do every, I can't watch every game, right? Like there's, there's no way I'm not even going to try. I can't meaningfully do that. And so what stats do is give me a good example or a, a good heuristic to check my uh, biases and understanding. And so I don't, I don't think that, uh, uh, again, like the Chicago School of Economics kind of has this, this quip that says, we, we don't want any theory without evidence, but we don't want any evidence without theory, right? And I feel the same way about film and about metrics. There are people who take a hard line and be like, watch the games, nerd. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't win games on spreadsheets or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you, you can't, you actually have to play football. And so metrics give you a nice example of, Hey, this team is like, let me just pull up something random. I don't know. Um, this team is really bad at the rush. Um, I want to find a good team who's bad at the rush. LSU, 125th, negative 0.244. Notre Dame, that's a better one. Notre Dame, 123rd in EPA per rush. They have Kyron Williams, one of the best running backs in the nation. What's going on, right? So immediately, I watched last year, and I think, man, that's great. I can't tell you why Notre Dame is bad at the rush because uh, they're 123rd in EPA per play. That just calls my attention to saying, oh, they're bad. I've got to go look, and I've got to go see oh, their offensive line's not working. Hey, their, their, their gap scheme isn't really good and they're going to it too much. Like whatever you, you look with that. So the, those go hand in hand because if you only watch film, then all you're doing is focusing on very, very small things and making sweeping generalizations about very, very few data points. Whereas if you only look at numbers, then you're missing some glaring uh, realities that, that you should see from, from film. Like, hey, it might be the case that you know, Max Duggan isn't getting sacked a lot for TCU, for instance. That's because TCU is keeping seven guys in protection and their pass game suffering for it. So sure, they're not giving up sacks, but also their offense isn't good. Like that's not, that, that doesn't mean that their offense is doing a good job or their offensive line is doing a good job. So what you're telling me, like so many things in life, which I try and preach on a regular basis is rarely are the two extremes actually the way to go. And it tends to be somewhere in the middle where we find uh, the truth. Well, as you know, there's a fallacy of moderation and there's cases where, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to meet you in the middle on murder, for instance. So, you know, we can go to extremes <laughs> there too, but gen generally this is a good example where if you're only using one, you're throwing away information. Like I don't even care about a principle of moderation, just you're willfully throwing away information. And so that's not, that doesn't help our understanding. That's good. That's good. Uh, Gerald, do you have any other questions for Parker? I got nothing. I really, this I was kind of a, it. this was kind of a lecture. I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys signed up for that, but generally it's, it's just like a good way. It's a good thing to remember that like what you see on Saturday is a draw from a random distribution, right? So, uh, Gerald, if I hold up a deck of cards to you, I know one magic trick. I'd do it if I had my deck of cards right here, but if I hold up <laughs> one deck of cards for you, right. Podcasting and, a visual medium <laughs> and you pull and you pull one card out and it is the eight of diamonds. Um, is every card in that, deck a native diamonds no 
no, right? At, at the beginning, you're like, no, it's not. If you pull another card and it's the eight of diamonds, you're immediately like, what's going on here, <laughs> right? If you pull like four cards and it's the eight of diamonds, you're like, okay, this guy has a weird deck where it's just the eight of diamonds. <laughs> kind of the same thing with football, right? We just think that at the beginning, there's like a distribution of outcomes and plays are just random draws from that outcome. They depend on each other. So we can, you know, fancy math, whatever. But generally when we're thinking about football, if, if, you know, if Iowa state, we, we started the game level, if Iowa state loses to Baylor, that doesn't mean Baylor is unequivocally better than Iowa state. That means that in this one iteration from a distribution of outcomes, Baylor came out on top, but we only saw the one iteration. What's the true distribution. And so it's a really nerdy way to say there's a lot of randomness in football and numbers can really help us uh, understand what parts of these were re replicable and will be Ford fit Ford, uh, like Ford looking and what part of these are, man, that's just how the weird pigskin shaped ball goes. This has been very enlightening. I, I think Joe and I both have been like scribbling down notes this entire time. <laughs> what do men do? Yeah, and I, and I do these, uh, I do these like advanced stat previews on Twitter and they have a bunch of stuff. And, and actually I'm going to, uh, my, my thing to do before I go to bed tonight is like write a little more detailed glossary to kind of help people. Cause I've had two or three people be like, Hey, these look cool, but also what the hell are they? And uh, that's, that's good. I need to know what that is. Um, and so, uh, but, but generally, um, those, those are a good resource and just kind of making sure that you're asking the right question. Like, is this team good? Well, like that, that's not a great question because I don't know what good means. Right. We're saying, Hey, Iowa state's two and two. Does that mean that they are struggling to move the ball? Does that mean that they're struggling on defense? They're letting teams move the ball. What, what's happening? Um, just generally asking a precise question, numbers can help you get a really good answer there. Yep. The, the best hypothesis is a specific one. Like it's, it's easier to answer a specific question than often than a, than a broad question. Um, at least I found, which is why I like to look up weird random things like who's your best third down receiver for a team or things of that nature. And then you can figure that kind of stuff out. Over. But that's even an example of like, who's your best third down receiver? Well, maybe it's your, you know, fifth receiver on your team because you suck at passing and the other teams are just like, Hey, you know, like Trevius yeah. Hodges Tomlinson has like, you know, last year had like TCU cornerback had like 19 targets and he didn't get as much. He got a lot of recognition. He didn't get as much as he should have because it was like, he didn't have the opportunity to break up passes and intercept them because people just threw away from them because the other cornerback was terrible. Um, and still is terrible, but, but, but generally like that's, that's the kind of thing of like, yeah, you, film can, film can kind of help you balance both of those things out. Even when you ask a very specific question, Hey, why is, you know, why is, um, Brennan Presley only good on early downs? Well, it's like, maybe there's tripling him on, on late downs or whatever. Very good. All right, Parker, this has been awesome, man. Appreciate it. I always feel um, significantly smarter every time that I talk to you and sometimes also significantly dumber. <laughs> it's a fine line to tell. <laughs> you can't have one without the other <laughs> this has been a ton of fun um you guys are awesome so as i mentioned uh, at the beginning of this this is available on all of our podcasts so um do yourself a favor if you want more from parker fleming you can check out the purple theory podcast the purple theory newsletter uh which i subscribe to it is uh really fun it's very tcu specific just so you're warned um but it's kind of some interesting stuff. Um, and of course you can follow Parker on 
at stats war on twitter if you want all sorts of really good stuff uh he's worth the follow if for the stats and also for the trolling that he likes to do specifically at iowa state fans uh of course sorry i never trolled an iowa state fan in my entire life i don't know what you're talking about i've been right philip we'll talk about this later i've been right about all of it so it's not trolling (laughs) i was good faith believing they were just wrong Uh, (laughs) like and subscribe uh of course our good friend here gerald goodridge uh if you are not currently listening to this on the Longhorn Republic podcast, Gerald, what's your Twitter handle? It, Stats Wars easy to remember. Sorry. <laughs> My personal Twitter handle is GH Goodridge. Our show is Longhorn Pod. Uh, Gerald is a lot of fun if you want to follow some really nerdy stuff. I enjoy all the uh, the Marvel takes and things of that nature as well. I really wish your, uh, your, your, uh, your Marvel show. It wasn't Marvel, but you know what I mean. I miss your other podcast, man. I do. I miss it. Life's all about seasons, man. Yeah, it is. And of course, uh, I am the host of the 1012 podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at 1012 Network, T E in the number 12 of the word network. Uh, 1012 Podcast, mothership of the 1012 Network. We are the uh, the network covers the entire Big 12 conference. Yes, we are all Big 12 people. Can't understand why we would all know and associate with each other. That, that can't find the the uh, common straw there. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. For another two years. Yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, Gerald. Bye. <laughs> and uh, i don't know how to end this so let's just wrap it here college football season is here and no tailgate is complete without a grill and no grill is complete without gridiron metalworks go to gridiron metalworks find collegiate branded grill grates and griddles with actual school logos as well as other awesome metal goods like flower pots stainless steel bookends coasters and can coolers among other things all in actual school colors, not just the, yeah, it's, it's pretty close, like you'll find at other places. Grilling at the game this Saturday? Sear your steak, burgers, brats, or veggies with the perfect Pistol Pete, Baylor Bear, or Kansas Jayhawk grill marks. They've got grill grates and griddles for all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Plus, these are the perfect gift for the hard to shop for. We can almost guarantee you'll find something from Gridiron that someone on your holiday shopping list does not have. These are high quality, custom cut and made in the usa and as someone who enjoys turning on the grill during the fall during football season during basketball season and as someone who is a diehard oklahoma state fan yeah an oklahoma state griddle for my grill fantastic right now when you use the promo code 1012 that's t-e-n the number 12 t-e-n one two you'll get 15 percent off your first purchase and all orders over a hundred dollars get free shipping. So whether you're looking for a Kansas State grill grate, a West Virginia griddle, or a unique metal home good for your college football, college sports collection, visit gridironmetal.com. Use the promo code 1012 for 15% off your first order. You can also find the link in our show notes. Gridiron Metalworks for the college super fam. Hey y'all, we're Fire the Cannon part of the 1012 Network of Podcasts. I'm Megan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rocky. And we cover all things University of Texas sports. And a little bit of everything else. College football, NFL, sports news, and of course, our hottest takes on everything in between. Find us on your favorite podcast platform for new episodes every week. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at FireTheCanon1. That's the number one, y'all. Thanks for listening to Fire the Cannon. All right, we're back. It's time to make picks without further delay. Um, 
Let's recap what happened last week. As Daniel mentioned off the top, he was the big winner for last week. First time this season. Golf clap, sir. Yeah. Golf clap. Going five and two. You hit on TCU plus five and a half. Hit on Kansas State plus 11 and a half. Hit on the under 56 in West Virginia, Texas Tech. Hit on Mississippi State plus seven and a half. And hit on your dog of the week, Auburn. Missed on Kansas plus 34 and a half. And missed on Baylor plus three and a half. Again, five and two for the week, 19 and 22 overall. You're getting closer and closer. Um, how are you feeling, Daniel? Feeling feel great. feel like this is the beginning of a new a new run? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel good about this week's slate, too. Uh, four and one, five and oh. Automatic, diamond, five-star. Easy. No sweat. Now, it was fun last week. <laughs> I, I was able to get out, and uh, uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State was able to watch that game. Sports bar I was at also had uh, – Kansas and uh, Iowa State. You guys know I was kind of a little tipsy, maybe a little inebriated texting you during that game. So <laughs> it was fun. Great weekend. Let's run it back. Daniel likes to Daniel likes to drunk text. He does. Uh, Chris and I both went four and three. Uh, Chris got hit on Texas minus four and a half. Hit on Kansas State plus eleven and a half. Hit on the over fifty six and a half in Kansas. And hit on Coastal Carolina minus thirty four. Missed on West Virginia minus seven. Missed on Baylor plus three and a half. And missed on your dog of the week, Notre Dame. That is your first uh, dog that you have missed, sir. That's your first dog miss of the season. I mean, it was bound to happen. No one's going undefeated picking underdogs, right? Not going to happen. This week is actually probably going to miss again because this week's picks were pretty hard to find one there. Uh, But the only game that really surprised me out of all that, I would say Oklahoma State just shutting Baylor down. I didn't see that coming. You know, picking Notre Dame, that's what you get for picking against our new Big 12 brethren, uh, going against Cincinnati. You just That's the lesson you've learned, to just go ahead and, and, and keep that in your mind when you make picks. And, and see, the benefit there is I don't mind losing that. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, yeah, 4-3 and three on the week, 23-18 and 18 overall. Um, I also went 4-3 and three in the week, hit on Kansas State plus 11.5. We all hit on that one. Uh, hit on over 56.5. For Kansas, Iowa State hit on Boston College plus 15 and a half and my and uh, hit on my dog of the week, Michigan. Missed on the over 65 in TCU, Texas. If Texas had punched that stupid touchdown in, I'd have hit it. Uh West Virginia minus seven was a miss, and the over 47 in Oklahoma State Baylor was a miss. It didn't even get close. Uh, so I also went four and three. I stay in the overall lead at 24. And 17, we'll see how long that lasts. I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. That's my mindset. You know, it's, it's all good things must come to an end and it will eventually. But for now, I'm just going to sit here and and enjoy the lead that I have until it's, uh, it's blown eventually, probably even this week. So uh, five games on the docket for this week, of course, Red River rivalry. Um, That's the big one. Game day is going to be there. Fox is going to be there. It's the 11 a.m. Fox kickoff. Before we get in this week's picks, let's talk about how. I mean, we just went over last week's record, but let's, yeah, yeah. If, if people didn't catch it, Daniel took TCU. I took Texas. We both mm-hmm. won. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We middled it, man. Some books hanging yep. four and a half, some books hanging five. That's, that's a book's worst nightmare. That, that's the, <laughs> why we shop. We shop these lines every week. We find the best line we can get. And that's why. Yeah. No, I, it wasn't I just wasn't lost to point on me. That out. I, I knew that you stole one. It wasn't lost <laughs> on me. That's what I get for second guessing myself and bailing on either way and running with the over. Like I, I did that to myself. I have no one to blame but myself. 
Uh, I could sit here and be like, oh, I was going to pick. I mean, I would have been right either way with either of you. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so I, I will hopefully learn that lesson and retain it moving forward. But again, you're right, Chris. That is the value of shopping around. Uh, yeah, Daniel. So basically the house absolutely loses in that case and everybody else wins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, okay. So with that in mind, uh, Daniel, you won last week. That means that you... Our first up, and we do this in chronological order, as we always do. So we will kick things off with Oklahoma and Texas facing Doff in the Cotton Bowl there in Dallas at the the, uh, the Texas State Fair, which if you've never been to, you should go. It is a ton of fun, an absolute ton of fun. Um, as of right now, Oklahoma, a three-point favorite over Texas, over under around 63 and a half. Daniel, lead us off. Where do you want to go, man? Man, what a great... Game. If Texas had just been undefeated coming into this, you could have just had every Big 12 pundits head exploding coming into this game, right? Both teams 5-0. and Both teams are the ones heading off to the SEC one day. Look, this line opened at three. It's still at three. A couple people have hung it out to three and a half. Texas has looked great, right? Sark has this thing turned around. Oklahoma still can't figure it out. Still can't cover Gosh, thank you for that backdoor last week, K-State. Uh, 70% of the bets so far that have come in are on Texas. And uh, I think we had sort of the same phenomenon week one when uh, it was – was it Maryland and West Virginia week one? Or, or no, some week West Virginia was a favorite over a team, and it was like, why are they a favorite? This line uh, – Virginia Tech. Oh, okay, Virginia that's Tech. what it was against Virginia Tech. And it was like everyone was on Virginia Tech. Line even moved a little out for West Virginia, or it's or it was just line freeze. It just stunk. This line stinks. Sitting at three, a, a total of 63 and a half, 63 across the board. It's like that's going to be a lot of points. So you would think that there'd be a little more bounce or give in a spread, maybe off of three with so many people on Texas. Oklahoma's looked terrible. I'm going to bet them. Everyone in the world is expecting Texas to cover this game as of right now. Every better has stepped up to the window taking Texas. And these books are keeping this thing at three. My, my radar is going off. Something doesn't add up. Oklahoma's going to look great this weekend. They're going to cover. All right. Chris, what do you want? For all the reasons Daniel just said, I'm taking Texas. I, they, <laughs> they look better. They, they look better. And, and honestly, you know, it comes down to the stars, right? Spencer Radler versus Casey Thompson. Brooks versus Robinson. Mims versus Winnington. I like Texas' side a little bit better. I think they have the edge there. Still not convinced Rattler has fully got the fans out of his head. Uh, I mean, he had a good performance last week, but... Let's see what happens. I think the the Texas lines are a little bit better. I, I don't know. I like the Longhorns here. Obviously, this could go either way. It's a rivalry game, and, you know, I don't feel great about it. But, you know, when you have one team that's 4-1 and one against the spread, the other one's 1-4 one and four against the spread. I'm going to take Texas at 3.5 if I – yeah, I think I can get it there. Uh, yes, you can. And to make it even worse for Oklahoma, right there, one cover was against, you know, Texas West Christian School of the Poor or something like that. 
<laughs> Whatever the um, week two blowout was. Uh, Western Carolina. Yeah. Daniel, to, to your point that Oklahoma's looked bad, um, I'm going to push back a little bit on that one. There's this belief that their offense has looked bad and has been slow, um, hasn't been very good. And look, Spencer Rattler wasn't great to start the season. There's no arguing with that. But they haven't looked bad. Part of what, and we talked about this on Monday a little bit, the, the Big 12 is changing. The defenses in the Big 12 have shifted and become designed to slow Oklahoma down. That's what they want to do. That is the type of offense they are working to slow down. If you watch what Kansas State did, they're like, all right, well, you're not going to throw deep on us. You're just you're just not going to. So Oklahoma took every dink and dunk and short pass, and they marched down the field, and they scored points. I want to shout out to Gabe Eichard on Twitter. People are talking about how OU's not running an up-tempo offense like they have the last couple of years. Um, and he did a really cool thing. He went through since Lincoln Riley took over in 2017 uh, and looked at their advanced pace, pace analytics you know, the up-tempo offense that everybody thinks that Oklahoma runs. Let me tell you what their tempo ranked since 2017. 2017 was 68th. 2018 was 105th. 2019 was 81st. 2020 was 52nd. This year's 84th. It's not even the lowest. Like, it's the second lowest, but it's not like they're insanely slow, okay? OU is succeeding by doing what people are giving them. This is what we're going to allow you to do. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to beat you with it. And it's worked. I think this game is going to be incredibly close. I think this game is always close. I think this is a situation where both teams play up to their talent level because they both have really good talent. They play close games. I don't see a blowout. I don't. Um, Three feels about right. And I have a problem. I have a hard time figuring out which side of that three I lean towards. I think Oklahoma wins this, but I don't, I'm not sure. What I do feel more confident in, I do think both teams have a solid defense. Um, But I think Texas's defense is a little bit worse than people believe that it is. And I do believe that Texas and Oklahoma are both going to, Texas is one of the better offenses Oklahoma will have faced up to this point. I'm taking the over. 63 and a half. I, I figure this game gets somewhere around the upper 60s, not the lower 60s, which makes me feel like I have about a three to four point cushion. I'm going to take the over 63 and a half in this game. I I think points are scored. I do. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if this game went into overtime again this year, which would work in my favor as well. So I'm going to go with over 63 and a half. I, I will tell you right now, I think Oklahoma wins this, but it wouldn't shock me if Texas did. The pushback. And that's why I have a hard time. I'm going to push back a little bit on you here because you, you said a couple of things. One, I agree with it. And one, you know, you said that, oh, you they're winning in the end. Well, yeah, because their talent level is going to win out in the end most times. Now they're facing a team with comparable talent level. We'll see what happens. But and you made a great point about Rattler, right? And just the offensive general they're not as bad they're not bad it's not that they're bad they're not they're good they're just not as good as they were when they had a heisman winner under center right and and that guy's not on the sidelines now they don't have a heisman winner and calling for the backup isn't going to bring the heisman winner into the game (laughs) no you know that's not going to work his offense is very it's it's very very obviously he is respected as an offensive genius but his offense is complicated and you have to have a guy that thoroughly knows it inside and out under center. And either rather is not making the right pre-snap reads or, you know, it's taking him a little longer. And so when he gets the ball, he's got to 
you know, make a decision or try to get through his progression. And it's just not working as well with Radler. And that's not to say he's a bad quarterback. He's, he's a good quarterback. He, he just can't make as much happen with his legs as even Hertz could. Right. So that's the, that's the difference here. You don't have the Heisman under center. Which is unfair to like, it's the same reason people keep saying that OU fans are spoiled. Like you can't expect that every year. And so that the problem is you're, you're, it's a comp. They say, well, he's not these guys. He's still a really good quarterback. He's also dealt with a inferior offensive line than what those Heisman winners had. This is probably the worst offensive line they've had Truth. with Lincoln Riley in town. Um, they've struggled at center. Uh, Creed Humphrey uh, leaving early has hurt yeah. them. And I think that has also impacted But I do think the offensive line is getting better. better. They're figuring that out. Spencer Rattler is improving. Like, I do think OU, and this, look, OU always struggles early. And so far, they've avoided the early season loss. Now, it could happen this week. But so far, they've avoided it, which is a good thing for them. And they get better as the season goes on. Now, um, I want to throw one more stat at you real quick um, that, that I found. Um I forgot that this game does occasionally kick off at 2.30 and not 11. Um, so here's a fun stat for you. Since 2006, this game is at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Since 2006, Texas is 0-4 when the game kicks off at 2.30. They're 6-5 when it kicks off at 11. So that's not a huge thing, but in case you're curious, maybe it makes you feel better about picking Texas. There you go. What else I was going to say, Twitter, who is... Let me scroll up. I got to make sure that we get that Twitter pick. Twitter, who's 13-5-1 on the season. Pretty good. They took Texas with 56.7% of the vote. And, yeah, that's all I got with that one right there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, all right. The other 11 a.m. game that we go on at the exact same time, Baylor hosting West Virginia. Uh, these other two Big 12 games are really interesting to me. Because West Virginia and TCU are in a bit of desperation mode looking for a Big 12 victory. Whereas Baylor and Texas Tech are feeling pretty good at home in nice spots, just trying to build towards what could be really nice seasons for both. So we start with West Virginia at Baylor. West Virginia, as of right now, about a a three-point dog. Baylor, a three-point favorite. Over-under around 44 and a half. Um, I'm going to throw this little stat out there for you guys. because I started doing some started doing some research because I finally found some sites that would tell me some things I wanted to know. Um, since Neil Brown took over on the road, West Virginia is three and nine straight up, including six straight losses. They are six and six against the spread during that time. I have real problems with Daggy. Now, I don't think Baylor's offense is as good as they made it look through the first few weeks of the season. I think Oklahoma State kind of exposed some ways you can beat it. West Virginia's got a good defense. I, I'm never going to argue that. Their defense has been better than I thought it would be this season. Their offense has been worse. The whole promise was like the defense is going to take a step back. The offense is going to have to take a step forward. That was the whole offseason conversation. The defense didn't really take that big of a step back, if any at all. The offense did. It's worse. At home. Dave Aranda's a smart guy. His Baylor team took a loss. They're going to learn from it. I'm going to take Baylor to cover. I think Baylor wins this game at home. I think they are building towards a really nice season. And and the climb for West Virginia is um, is falling back down the hill at this point. Uh, Chris, what do you want? Yeah, um, both coming off of kind of tough losses. Baylor coming off the loss to Oklahoma State. West Virginia coming off the loss 
The two losses were different, though. West Virginia won everywhere but on the scoreboard. Philip, you were talking about how total yards don't mean anything. West Virginia won. They had more first downs, more passing yards, more rushing yards. They also had more yards per play, which is a stat that matters. And they just didn't get the win. Texas Tech went down. They got the win at the end. All the credit to the Red Raiders. But that's not as brutal of a loss that Baylor suffered. They were coming off the big win against Iowa State. But I'll, I'll give them that. Maybe a little let down. Not sure. But it feels like they may have been exposed. The Cowboys shut down the Baylor offense. Baylor punted on their first on eight of their first their first eight drives. They punted. They had eight total non-penalty first downs in the game. Three, and they were three of fifteen on third down. Bohannon, who's who's looked pretty decent so far, you know, 173 yards passing, very pedestrian, no touchdowns, and he was sat three times. It's concerning when you're facing West Virginia's front seven. They're pretty good. I want to take West Virginia in this, but I do think Baylor at home, maybe, we're going to see, was, was last week a letdown from the week before? We're going to find out. I don't trust Eggie. I keep saying that week in, week out. I, I just don't. I'm going to take Baylor because it is, I think, it at two and a half. But if it was almost anything higher, I'd be taking West Virginia. Hold up. You found him at two and a half? Give me a second. Looks like Pin- Pinnacle might be a slow feed, though, but it looks like Pinnacle might have a two and a half. And I'm at Pinnacle Juiced right up. now. Like physically? Yes. I'm, I'm inside. Isn't, don't you see the, the lights and the slots? And I, don't know I mean, the entire <laughs> rest of the world is three. I'll, 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 I'll do three. That's okay. Fine. I'm good. just I'm just going through all the books here. It's like you got a super juiced up two and a half or the entire planet that's hung in a three. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ride with three this week. Uh all right. I think I saw we're, a fan duel. That's where it was, but that's okay. Okay. Uh with that in mind, Daniel, what are you thinking, sir? Both teams, you know, repeating you both off uh some losses. West Virginia lost as a seven and a half point favorite, seven point favorite. Um, that's ugly. You know, that's, that's never fun to do and then go on the road. Baylor, short dog. This might just be anecdotal because the game I just watched with Baylor and Oklahoma State. It feels like uh, since Dave Aranda has come on board, like one week it's like, okay, the offense has figured it out. And the next week it's like, oh, they don't have any offense. Oh, the defense has figured it out. And then like, oh, this defense is terrible. Like this team just feels – so inconsistent week to week. And it feels like that it feels like that that's carried on for like a year and a half now with this Baylor team. Um, again, that is strictly eye test. I'm not talking about the spreadsheet or, or, you know, performance metrics or anything. I'm just saying when you watch this team, they're just so frustrating. Like every two to three weeks, as far as this line goes, my raw number is three. So I, I, I completely agree with this line. I don't see, uh, a number and think that there's value in either, either direction. Uh, West Virginia though, when you have two conference teams off a loss in uh, for low total road dogs, the road dog hits as crazy as it sounds. There's a few metrics, but it's like almost 64% against the spread. I know that sounds unbelievable, but 
I've got this little model built up with about 400 games and it's just incredible because I have no value metrically uh, with the line because we have such a low total. I'm going to take the dog grabbing three and Baylor being so inconsistent week to week just makes me feel better about my decision. Mountaineers, West Virginia, let's go. Give me three. Very nice. Very nice. Well, no matter what happens this weekend between West Virginia and Baylor, both teams can feel like winners. All you got to do is get yourself one of the most comfortable t-shirt sweaters and hoodies you've ever had from homefieldapparel.com. Yes, Homefield has Baylor gear and they have some amazing Baylor gear. Homefield has West Virginia. It's their newest Big 12 edition and they've got some fantastic stuff for Mountaineer fans as well. And as temperatures are shifting, it's getting colder, especially you West Virginia mountain folk. I know you're used to it with your bushy beards and your moonshine, but it's going to give you winter soon. It's coming. You might want to get a fantastic, comfortable sweater or hoodie. And when I say comfortable, I want to do it in like all caps, right? With multiple exclamation points because they're incredibly comfortable. So go to homefieldapparel.com, company who cares so much about college sports and vintage college sports logos and creative original designs. Use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Along with Baylor and West Virginia, they have OR. Along with Baylor and West Virginia, they have more than a hundred other schools available, including Big 12 schools like Oklahoma State, currently the Big 12 school, Texas, yes, Iowa State, uh, Texas Tech. They also have Central Florida, BYU, Houston, the three future, three of the four future Big 12 schools that are coming in. So go to homefieldapparel.com, shop around. You're, you're going to want to shop around, I promise. Just look at everything they have. Don't forget that all orders of $70 or more, $70 or more, and I'm fumbling through this, I get free shipping, okay? You're not going to buy one thing. You're going to want that free shipping. You're going to love it. So remember the promo code NETWORK12, 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable. People see you, spot you, and say, where did you get that vintage college sports apparel this college football season? Your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. Okay, um, we got one more Big 12 pick to go here. The game that I am most interested in because I'm my my gut and the stat that I found are not in alignment, but it's not my first time to go here. So I'm going to read this stuff out. Yeah, TCU going to Texas Tech. Uh, TCU back to back losses. Lost to SMU. Lost to Texas. Going against Texas Tech, who is looking for that uh, that fifth win to hit their their season total and uh, and ruin the tech bet for you there, Daniel. Because uh, they've got I'm four already. It. This would be win number five. Um, TCU right now about a two, one and a half point favorite. Um, depending upon where you shop, over under at 60 and a half. Chris, what do you want here, bud? I want Daniel to go first since he has that bet. Sure. I mean, okay. this is a little, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy. I don't know if this is like a cheap way out, but this is real money. And it's for either way. It's for great causes. 
So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, absolutely. it's like even if I lose, right, we all really win. It's all good. It's fun. Um, I mean, I gotta sort of hedge against myself, right? I'm taking Texas Tech on the points. It's like crap if they go if I go lose the bet and and I'm and I'm donating to you know some great causes out in Lubbock. At least let me get a win here on the pod, right? Right. At least add to the victory lap. So absolutely. I mean, it's sort of de facto we're going texas tech uh one and a half twos two and a halfs yes this looks like one get, and a half actually maybe a yeah, two i get you one and a half yeah no 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 i mean i want the points is there is there a two and now circus oh, going out the two that's right you do um i see a two, I, see a two, and a half. Got a two. I thought i saw a two and a half earlier it's at fan duel i i i would say two is the there's like two one two and a half out of 40 books you can never that do that. Sense. Like I said, if you want peppermill lines, you better be in Reno in the peppermill. Okay. <laughs> That's the deal here, people. We're just gonna get them as an advertiser. Fly us all out. Be like, we will pick your line only if you will just fly us out and let us do this show from, from the peppermill. <laughs> oh, uh, side note, peppermill in Vegas, great happy hour. I love I love the mill. Anyone, anyone listening who knows, you know. Peppermill is a great spot in Vegas. <laughs> if you know, you know. Oh yeah, awesome. but, but the actual actual sports book hotel that that's located in Reno. So uh, TCU, or excuse me, uh, Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech plus two. I got it. All right. Before I go, I got to do a little housekeeping because I forgot to give Twitter's pick for the West Virginia Baylor game. What? They are ta- they are taking Baylor minus three with fifty nine point seven percent of the vote. Okay. Okay. Now back to this game. <laughs> I need to get better at that. Back what's, to this what's game. Twitter? Just get what's what's Twitter real quick. What's Twitter? Right. So Twitter on this game, they are with Daniel at uh they got it at one and a half with sixty point six percent of the votes. And if Daniel is going to take Texas Tech, then I have to. I mean that's that's just what it is. Uh TCU hasn't covered a spread all season. Gosh, is that real? Columbia is yeah, that's what I found. Is I. Uh, Columbia's starting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks great. He had the game-winning drive uh, last week. He spread the ball around 11 different guys with a catch. TCU is not getting a very good pass rush. They need pass rush. He should have time. He should get comfortable in the pocket. I like the Red Raiders to get this uh, at home and the battle for the saddle. Okay. Okay. Okay, so here's the deal. My gut says TCU. I'm not completely sold out on them yet. I'm not selling my TCU stock. Okay, I understand the defense against has not been great. Cal's put up points on them. SMU put up a bajillion points on them. Uh, they did better against Texas, but they they could not stop Bijan Robinson. That he was a beast. Can't do any. But my my gut still says TCU should be the better team here. But then I went and did a little digging. Since Matt Wells took over at Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, as a home dog, are 5-1-1 one, one against the spread. Since the start of the 2019 season, a.k.a. when Matt Wells took over, TCU as a road favorite is 3-2. and two. Neither of those things really helped me. You know, I was hoping when I went looking that maybe TCU would would have a, a losing record There's against some the information I found that gave me absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it's like 
But the Texas Tech as a home dog being five one and one is interesting to me. Like the TCU one's like okay, it's three and two. Like yeah, yeah, five one and one is distinct. Like that's that's not like oh okay, they they're just above five hundred. Like they cover as a home dog a lot. Now I don't love this spot because they looked so good against West Virginia, and I don't trust Texas Tech, who was down. Ezukanma and no shuck and multiple defenders. Like, no, there's no reason Texas Tech should have won that game last week, and they did. And I don't trust them to do it again. I don't. I know. I'm just like giving facts. I'm going to give stats. And I, this is probably a terrible decision, but my, I'm riding my gut. I'm riding my gut. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go against you two, and I'm going to take TCU to kind of right the ship a little bit here. Uh, I can get him at what was it? What is it? Minus one and a half. Perfect. Um, I my gut says TCU still the better team. My gut says Texas Tech can't do it two weeks in a row. Um, I I I can't I can't do it. And you know, I think we're we're above five hundred when we all agree. I believe that's the record now. I think it's two and two. Maybe I have to go back and check. I I can't do it. I I can't buy into Tech yet. I, it doesn't make any sense. Um, okay. Non-Big 12, dog of the week. That's what we've got left. Uh, okay. Hey, I'm just going to do my non-Big 12 room. Oh, I was going to say, can I give you a little segue into symbol? Please do. TCU just, their stock is tanking, dude. They got me pulling my hair out. So I'm hoping for a little, uh, right? I mean, I've got Texas Tech here, but... You know, a little silver lining. TCU wins this thing. I get some more dividends in my account on symbol. Because I'm, like I said, I'm long TCU on my on my shares all year long. Or sell high and pick up some Texas Tech shares. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a loss. No, 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 I'm not buying. I'm not buying <laughs> Texas Tech shares. I should have bought before this week and then selling it afterward. I'm really glad I didn't buy the uh, the Baylor stock that I was considering right before. Their their first loss. Yeah, the dude, Granted, again, this is long play. Your your, your broker play. had you almost click and buy on Baylor. Did you? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, they've dropped, so now I should go ahead and buy them. Uh, my Kansas State stock has been dropping, which is not great, and I am hanging on to that one. I am not selling Kansas yeah. State stock. There is plenty of reason to believe that they're going to bounce back and finish in the top half of the Big Twelve this season. Just. Now the Kansas share is down under ten dollars. Hey, that's going to be which, a penny stock oof. here pretty soon. I mean, that's <laughs> it's going to be rough. Uh, Illinois is under twenty bucks. If you're also looking for a good deal, um, <laughs> it, look, this stuff is so much fun. I enjoy tracking this stuff. I enjoy playing here in Symbol. It's a ton of fun. What can I get? This Coastal is the Carolina. Stock market. Uh, they don't have. They only have the power conference teams. There's no. There's no yeah, G5 too much inside there. trading yet. with the with the G five teams. Yeah. There's too much of that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yes, we love having these guys as a sponsor here on the show. That is Symbol, the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when the teams that you own shares of win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. This is not betting, folks, so it's legal in all fifty states. Anyone can participate. Okay, so use your sports knowledge, you college football nuts, you buy low, sell high, uh, hang on to when it's when it's when it's low, and uh, earn cash payouts when these teams win. 
Symbol, by the way, offering a fantastic giveaway here on the 1012 Network and the 1012 Podcast. Now, let me state something. They're going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Now, here's the deal. We have to hit a certain number of signups for that to work, okay? And uh, we're not there yet. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you all up front. Like, we we have to hit a certain number um, or we'll see what happens. Like, I, I'm, we're going to give away two tickets somehow. We'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens. Maybe a basketball game. Maybe at the end of football season. So, if you want to be registered for those two free tickets, all you got to do is sign up at Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Make a $25 deposit. With $25, you could buy two shares of Kansas and have some money left over. You could buy a share of Illinois. Like, I put 50 in and bought a Kansas and Kansas State, and I'm feeling pretty good. The TCU shares are still expensive. I need OSU to drop some more. I, I want my Cowboys, but I'm, you know, I have two kids. <laughs> uh, use the promo code NETWORK12. When you deposit $25, use the promo code NETWORK12. You'll be entered to win two free tickets to a Big 12 game of your choosing. We've just got to hit that number, Okay. So go to symbol.com, poke around. If you do sign up for free, look around. Don't forget you can join our pick three, okay? If you want the, the link for that, we'll have it on Twitter. You can DM us on Twitter at 1012network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. You can DS someone, uh, DS, bleh, fumble, fumble, fumble. You can DM us on Instagram at 1012pod, and I will send that link to you. I had somebody actually ask me for the link on Twitter. Happy to share it. Happy to have you guys join in uh, and go up against myself, Chris, and Daniel. Obviously, with just three Big 12 games this week, those will be the three pick, the three games that you guys will be picking uh, with us, uh, Red River, Be- uh, Baylor, West Virginia, and Texas TCU. So, uh, symbol.com. Go check them out. Stock market for sports. A lot of fun, guys. All right, non-Big 12. There is one line, I'm just going to go first. There's one line in here this week that makes no freaking sense whatsoever. And somebody has to explain it to me. Uh, just, just anybody heard, like, is is Haynes King coming back for a Is he going to suddenly play again? Is that the thing that's going to happen? Uh, I, I, um, I don't he, know if he's back this week. He, he's oh, not. okay. I was going to say, yeah. I, I'm, I'm being facetious oh, oh. because... That would be the only thing that might explain why Alabama is only a 17 and a half point favorite over Texas A&M, a team that literally cannot score, can not score this year. Their offense is terrible. Their defense is fine. Their offense is terrible. A couple of little historic facts for you. Alabama has outscored Jimbo at A&M 144 to 75 and has scored at least 45 points in every meeting. I don't think they're not going to do that this year. Um, so Alabama minus 17 and a half against AM. I'm half tempted to take the over 51 and a half, but the problem with that is I'm not sure AM will actually score enough on their own to make that over hit. Gimme Bama. I hate games picking games like this, but this one just seems like a kid in a candy store with no one's watching, and I don't understand it. So I'm gonna take Bama minus 17 and a half. It's just it just feels too easy, and I don't understand it. Daniel, do you, do you like? Do you have any like just thoughts? Like when you see lines like this, and everyone's like, "That doesn't make any sense." Like I don't, I don't get it. Like A and M's offense is putrid. Yeah, I mean, my my raw number is is actually closer to Alabama twenty three. I will have money wagered on this line, uh, you know, come Saturday. The only I'm gonna I'm gonna venue, Venmo you like twenty bucks. <laughs> to, to yeah, because this does this no, come along. This doesn't make any sense. No, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, the only tough part here, I don't want to say a letdown for Bama. There was a lot of hype for last week, you know, in the media and the narrative, but 
Bama came out and just rolled Ole Miss. Um, the only other thing maybe working against Bama here, you know, we have a lower total, 51 implied points. Uh, it, it could just mean it's a little more challenging to for, for Bama to get to that 20 or 21 number to cover it for you. But, I mean, I guess 18 points in this case. But, you know, I, I sort of agree with you. Uh, it, I think it's a little short. All right. Well, Daniel, what uh, what non-Big 12 game are you looking at this week? This is going to be so ugly. And uh, I might be wrong, you know, but I just love this pick. I think there's some serious value here. Um, New Mexico is going to San Diego State, and there is a subplot narrative that probably won't get talked about at all. But uh, Rocky Long, the longtime coach of San Diego State, he left and he became the defensive coordinator of New Mexico and San Diego state kept a lot of the same um, players, principles, just sort of the same uh, system in place from when Rocky long left. And now he gets to face that old team in an already very low total game. This totals down to 42. Um, I bet the under at 44 and a half We're sitting at 42. Now I bet that, gets down to maybe 41 by Saturday night when this thing kicks, but it's like, we got a dog of almost three touchdowns and the defensive coordinator knows the other team, like the back of his hand. I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm just saying, I feel great about it. What a great spot for a bad team getting 20 points to be in with such a low total New Mexico, 19 and a half points. Let's go. You degenerate. Uh, <laughs> that is a sick game, almost, almost, not quite. Uh, okay, Chris, what are you looking at? Interestingly enough, I was actually looking at that game for a completely different reason because New Mexico has not covered a spread all year. So that's a first that's time a for everything. Pick. Yeah, that's a that's a bold pick. Coastal Carolina, nineteen and a half at Arkansas State Thursday night game on the road. I'm gonna stay away. Arkansas State's three and two against the spread. I like it. I want to say again, but there's there's a couple more I like more. Wow. I uh the streak bet, is the streak is ending. I actually hey, thought for, I thought for sure you'd be on coastal this week. Wow. Okay. Nope. Okay. So I mean I, I do. I like it. I like it. But on the road, Thursday night, I'm not crazy about Thursday betting Thursday night games. They they get weird. And earlier. I had to take a different team or a different game because Coastal Carolina was part of the Big 12 matchups. And that game, I picked against Ball State. Doing it again. Western Michigan at home, favored by 10.5, I think is what I saw it at. Ball State's 1-4 and four against the spread. Western Michigan, 3-1-1. One and one. I, I'm going to uh, – I like that spot a little bit more. Uh, ten and a half. Yeah, Circus got ten and a half. So Western Michigan minus ten and a half. Okay, interesting pick. I like it. Yeah, very fun. Very fun. Uh, well, Chris, since you're already up, uh, who's your dog this week, sir? This one was tough. I, you know, I, I say that I like to find a home team that's kind of a around a three point dog, and you know, I look at a, a couple other factors, and I just didn't see anything. There was just nothing out there. There's a couple away games that I like. A Buffalo at Kent State, Memphis at Tulsa. I like both of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But 
I think the only game that met that criteria, I just don't know a whole lot about either team. Miami, Ohio at Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan getting a point and a half. They're, I mean, no one performs great here. I, I don't like the pick. I, in fact, I feel way better about my two upsets in the Big 12. I like the, the Texas upset. I like, um, you know, Texas Tech. I like both those upsets more, but I'm going to take Eastern Michigan. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, Daniel, what do you want, sir? Oh, you're saving your secret pick for last, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna, <laughs> to do this. Well, there's one that confused me. My raw line has this team as a small favorite. Uh, Chris, you had even sort of mentioned it. I bet this right when it opened in the week. I bet on the spread. I got it at five. I got a four and a half. The line is now down to three. I think this team is going to go win straight up. Memphis is going to visit Tulsa and Memphis is going to win the game. This line really confused me. I I thought this would be way closer to Memphis, you know, plus one and a half or plus one or something like that when it opened. But this is, yeah, Memphis, they're going to beat Tulsa. Totally confused me. Made no sense. They're two very i don't think vegas can figure out either team because frankly i i don't think anybody can figure out either team oh no like, no memphis don't get it wrong memphis for actually for as good of a season that they're having they're not that good of a team uh, right I, I don't love their quarterback i don't love their pace of play they, they don't have a lot of consistency on offense like like look i don't think this is something where like memphis is just some well-oiled machine this is just more of simply like oh this line seemed wrong open at six like what that got like eaten up immediately and now we're sitting at threes and by saturday if this thing is down to two or one and a half i'm not going to be surprised at all the only thing that bothered me there is i thought maybe the value was gone out of it and that like maybe that that tulsa is going to win this game you know by four to six somewhere in there sure i mean i guess i'm just pick we gotta pick a dog right so it's like no for sure yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. like yeah. I looked at it. That's just what scared me away from it. Sure. All right. So before we started recording, um, I was talking about, I was having a hard time figuring out who my dog was going to be this week. And I, and I, you guys, Chris, you mentioned the two I was looking at Memphis, Tulsa, uh, Buffalo, Kent state. And, and before Chris, before you hopped on, Daniel goes, I know what game you're going to pick. I know who your dog is going to be. And I was just like, how does he know? And so I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. And then I found it. I found exactly which one Daniel probably correctly picked. And I'm, I'm going to let you, you have not told me which one you think I was going to pick yet. We were going to save this for the pod and do this here. Um, but then I saw the one and I understood. And, uh, and I think you are correct now that I see them. I'm going to take um, my, my favorite G5 team to root for, especially this year. And the guy, or at least the team whose head coach I expect to be in the Big 12 within the next few years. UTSA is a three and a half point dog on the road at Western Kentucky. Yeah, you you once you said it, I, I, knew, I found it and I knew it was right. Uh, I have won with UTSA as a dog before. I intend to win with UTSA as a dog again. Um, look, Western Kentucky puts up some points, man. That whole, they brought the Houston Baptist OC, they brought the quarterback, like, they just brought the whole, like, team from Houston Baptist up to Western Kentucky, and they're putting up some points. That's a good team. They also won three. Um, now, I, I, I like UTSA. I do. 
I I enjoy them. I wish they had some home field gear for me to buy so I could I could cheer for the Roadrunners. This is here's the other thing. Uh, navy and orange is like one of my favorite color combinations. I think it looks really freaking good. UTSA school color. So I'm riding with the the Roadrunners. I'm riding with them. That's exactly who I thought you would pick. Nailed it. <laughs> I told you I'd be honest, right? I'd, I'd be totally yeah yeah and say no, that's not who I thought. That's exactly who I thought you'd pick. And I don't mind the pick actually. I, I don't disagree with it. I'm shocked this line went out to three and a half. Like UTSA, I think I'm with you. I think they're going to win. This is going to be, I think they're going to blow that number out of the water to 70. I mean, Western Kentucky can't stop anybody. UTSA, they can score. Part of their problem is on defense. I think though, they'll be able to hold, you know, against Western Kentucky. This is going to be a case of one of those, like who has the ball last kind of things. But I think UTSA easily by seven to 10 points. It'd be really interesting to see home fields apparel for them since they weren't, weren't a program like two decades 93, ago. 93, right? I oh, think they, is when they started. Uh, you, you okay. can correct me very home, but it's 93 or 95 when UTSA started. Hold on, I'm going to find out while we're sitting here. This is great TV. I'm sorry, this is great podcasting. No, right I now. look great. Uh, <laughs> look good. good. Uh, no, first season was 2012. No, UTSA. Yep. Yeah. UTSA. And their, I knew their they coach was an uh, Oklahoma State guy, right? Uh, Larry Coker. Wait, uh, did, former did, head coach the of Miami. Founded then? then the school must have been founded like in 90. No, I, they just started football back no. in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Larry Coker, former Miami head coach, started the program. I uh, was there for four years. Then Frank Wilson was there for four. And now uh, Jeff Trailer, who will be a head coach in the Big 12 within the next few years. I'm just going to keep, I'm, gonna, I'm hammering that. It's going to happen. And um, the, the, the school that he will be at most likely is a school that uh, will probably extend their coach after they make a bowl game this year, which is going to be the mistake because then they're going to miss out on, on Jeff Trailer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am, I am roping me some, some uh, road runners and, and riding them hard. I, I like this team. They're fun. They're good. He knows what he's doing. Okay. Uh, this has been a ton of fun as it always is guys. We got all of our picks. I'm excited to see what happens on Saturday. We've got a nice robust, uh, bunch. Yeah, this is good. I am excited for this. You guys got big plans for the weekend. You got to watch some football. Yeah. Watching football Saturday and Sunday. I got, I got yeah. another sort of, you know, free weekend, chill weekend. I got date night with a lady Saturday night, but other than that, catching some games. All right. Chris, where can uh, everybody follow you this uh, this fine Saturday college football day as you uh, share some thoughts? On Twitter, at the underscore LGG. Uh, no afternoon games, so that's going to be weird. Yeah, no Big 12. It's only three games, and two are the same time, which is just like, uh, come on, let's let's try better. Uh, Daniel, where can everybody follow you, man? Come find me on Twitter, at DannerB7. I've got... Um... Uh, link in my bio. You can follow along with all of my plays across all sports, real lines, uh, you know, plays that are put in hours before games start, all legit. Uh, come say what's up. Let's cash. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 1012 Network, T E N, the number 12, the word network. Uh, follow us on Instagram at 1012Pod, T E N 12. P-O-D. Uh, if you want to join our symbol pick three, you still can. We have weekly prizes. I have uh, I had my nice confirmation email. The uh, koozies are officially going to be on the way, so those are going to start going out along with the uh, 1012 Network stickers that I got. I got a box right here. A little box of stickers. You can't see this because this is only an audio form. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, 
But, but you showed us. That's what's important. That's what matters. What matters the most. Uh, leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And of course, we'll be back on Monday with Amy, Andy, and Jamie to recap the weekend uh, and look at the week ahead. And I will hopefully not bungle things as much on Monday as I have today. Have a good fire. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Podcast Network.